And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. You know, we're starting today this this series called Infinitely More, and we're going to talk today about the starting place, the starting place. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let me read this to you out of the New King James Version. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now watch this. According to the power that works in us according to the would you say that according to the power that works in us you see there's a power available for every christian believer and it's the power and it's the person of the holy spirit and the holy spirit of god wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think Now, let's look at that same scripture from the New Living Translation. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now note that. He says, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Through his mighty power at work within us. Dear ones, I want you to know our our God is a 24-7 God. Jesus is a 24-7 Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is a 24-7 Holy Spirit. And this CD COVID-19 has not caught him by surprise. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, Friday is my day off. And thank God that we can still play golf. We have to ride in uh, separate carts now, but we can still play golf. And I'd gone out with a friend and hit some golf balls Friday morning. And I came back home Friday afternoon. And uh, I was, I I had already had my devotions early that morning, but I decided to spend some time in Proverbs. So I went to the book of Proverbs and I was meditating in chapter 25 and 26. And honestly, the word of God is always good. But it's not like I had a special revelation. It's not like the word of God was speaking to me. But here's one of the things I've discovered is I tune my spirit to the spirit of God when I go to God's word. So I spent some time in God's word and then I just began to pray because I had a had to make a decision. I had some 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 pressures that were mounting up on me and I, I just said, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you know what to do and you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. And as I just waited there, I didn't hear light didn't see lightning, didn't hear thunder, but I just suddenly had a knowing down in my heart. I knew what I was supposed to do in answer to this issue. And that's the way the Holy Spirit is. Often he speaks with a still, small voice. And dear ones, sometimes we're looking for the spectacular. And when we look for the spectacular, we can miss the supernatural. And I just believe in this this unusual time in our nation and in our lives, I would encourage you, turn off the television Certainly, don't turn off this program. Stay with us today. But don't spend all your time surfing the internet. But spend time in God's word and spend time in prayer and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You know, 
The Spirit of God wants to help you. His name is the helper. He's the comforter. I remember the story of a little boy that was trying to move this stone, and he tried and he tried, and he just couldn't get the stone to budge. And he turned to his dad. He says, Dad, I'm just not successful with this. And his dad said, well, son, have you tried everything? He said, Dad, I think so. He said, well, there's one thing you haven't tried, son. You haven't asked me to help you. And that's the way it is often in our Christian life. We, we try our best to live for the Lord. We try our best to work out issues and problems. But many times we have not because we ask not. Because we don't ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And again, the Holy Spirit of God is a 24-7 Holy Spirit. And he will speak to you. He will whisper to your heart. He will open his word to you. He will lift burdens and he will destroy yokes. In fact, I believe he's doing that even today. I believe even as you're watching us, some of you, you've had a spirit of despair and heaviness on you, and that old spirit of despair is being broken right now in the name of Jesus. We break every spirit of despair. We say, devil, you may come in one way, but you have to flee seven ways. Be gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for working in my life. Amen. Well, guys, with this series, Infinitely More, we're going to take the next seven weeks. We're going to go from now up to Pentecost Sunday in the month of June, and we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus, at his teachings, at his miracles, at his healings, at, 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 at his walk with the disciples as he, after his resurrection, he taught about things related to the kingdom of God, and then he ascended back to the right hand of the Father, and the reason we know he ascended back and sat down at the right hand of God is because he sent the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost actually took place. And dear ones, I want you to know, God has a plan for your life. See, God's plan, number one, involves bringing you to the cross of Christ so that you can trust the shed blood of, God, of, of Christ as the full payment for your sins. But not only bringing you to the cross of Christ and getting you to heaven, but God wants to take you to the cross and take you through the cross to Pentecost because God wants to get some heaven inside you. God wants you to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you a planner? A lot of us are. If you're a planner, then you like your to, to make out to-do list. You, you've got a list for today, and you've got a list for this week, and you've got a list for next month and for next year. And, uh, you know, we'll be the person that, that gets in our way when we're trying to make our plans. But you know what? This COVID-19 has been a game changer. It's gotten in our way. And uh, somebody once said, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break. So I hope you're being flexible with all of this. And just be reminded that God is aware of everything. Nothing takes him by surprise. Even when our lives seem out of control, God is still in control. And I find that what I have to do is I have to humble my heart and say, Lord, I just am reminded I'm not in control, but you are. And I trust you to work by your word and by your grace. See, God's grace is amazing. It's unmerited favor, but it's also God doing that for you and me, which we don't deserve. 
You know, the Apostle Paul was going through a tough time. A demonic spirit had attacked him, and he was complaining to God about it. And we read about this over in Second Chronicle, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 12. And here's what God said to Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. And dear ones, God's grace is his delivery system. The way God delivers his promises into our life is by grace. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. <laughs> How in the world do these promises become a reality in your life? They come by grace. There are times that I'll be praying about a particular issue and I'll just say, Lord, by your grace, I receive the answer. By your grace, I receive what I need to receive. And you know, God, he is the ultimate planner. He's had a plan since the beginning of time. And his plan is that every person would walk in fellowship and communion and hang out with him and enjoy that fellowship, enjoy that communion. You know, I think about Adam and Eve. They were created and placed in a, in a, in a, in a wonderful, wonderful place called the Garden of Eden. There was no sin, there was no suffering, there were no tears, everything was a paradise. And then Adam and Eve did the unthinkable. They committed high treason against God and this sin nature came into their lives. Literally, a virus, we talk about the coronavirus, well a virus came into Adam's life and it came into Eve's life and you know when they had children, their children were born with this virus. It's a virus called sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Adam and Eve's grandchildren were born with this same virus called sin. Their great-grandchildren and their great-great-grandchildren. In fact, every person, no matter how good you are, no matter what kind of wonderful intentions you have, every person apart from Christ struggles with this virus called sin. <laughs> But it didn't take God by surprise. But see, God had already determined that he was going to become flesh in the form of his son. That he was going to send the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this, Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. <laughs> Jesus was destined by God to come to this earth and to shed his life's blood and to take upon himself the sins of the world. Every sin I've committed, every sin you've committed, Jesus did that in the foreknowledge and by the planning of God because God wants everybody to be saved. He doesn't want anybody to perish. In fact, Jesus tasted death for every man. Now that doesn't mean that everybody's saved because the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God wants to have fellowship with you. God wants to hang with you. It's so important that we not allow that virus called sin to dominate our lives because the only answer for it is not psychiatry, it's not sociology, it's not doing good works. The only answer for the sin virus is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to trust his shed blood as the payment for our sins and to ask God to forgive us and to make Jesus Christ the King and the Lord of our lives. You know, I, I know we live in a day and time that a lot of people say, well, pastor, there, there's, there's not just one way to heaven. I mean, there are actually many ways to heaven. 
You know, that's not a new line of thinking. I remember when I was in my early 20s and I was on staff at a church over in St. Augustine. One day a lady stopped by the church and she said, I want to talk to you. You're one of the pastors, right? And I said, I am. She says, I want to ask you what you believe. And I told her, we believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. And she shook her head. She says, it's so sad that your thinking is so restricted. Don't you know that there are many ways to God? She says, some people refer to, refer to God as Jesus and some people refer to God as, as Krishna, as Buddha, or as some other entity. But ultimately, all roads lead to heaven. And I said, ma'am, the problem with that kind of thinking is that the Bible says that there's only one name that's given under heaven whereby men must be saved. It's not the name of Buddha and it's not the name of Krishna. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now think about that with me. Your name is important. What if, what if I announce, well, folks, um, next Sunday, right here at Evangel, Joel Osteen's going to be here. He's going to be in Tallahassee, and Joel Osteen is going to be ministering online. Boy, I bet you would all be excited about that, and you'd call your friends, and we'd have a whole lot of people watching us because Joel Osteen was supposed to be here. But let's say next Sunday morning comes, and I come out, and I preach. And some of you are on the phone. You're saying, hey, why is Pastor Terrell preaching? I thought Joel Osteen was supposed to preach. And I simply responded by saying, well, you know, I am Pastor Terrell, but sometimes I call myself Joel Osteen. And sometimes I call myself Pastor Robert Morris. And sometimes I call myself Benny Hinn. In fact, Benny Hinn's going to be here next week. And you'd say, Pastor Terrell, something's wrong with your thinking. Dear ones, if you think there's more than one way to heaven, something's wrong with your reasoning ability. There's not many ways to heaven. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the source. He's the force. He's the course of all the universe, and he loves you, and he died for you, and he rose again for you, and he's coming back again for you, but you've got to call on the name of the Lord if you want to be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, the, the old devil, he promises a lot of things. He promises if you'll serve me. Remember, he even promised Jesus. He said, if you'll serve me, he says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, away with you. Get behind me, Satan. And that's what we have to say, too. I remember reading a book many years ago called Dying at the Top. It was a story of, of people who had been very successful in life and it was a story of their latter years. And this man wrote, he says, I've made millions and millions and millions of dollars. In fact, I've made so much money I could never spend it all in my lifetime. He says, I had a wife and had a beautiful children, but he says, I ended up leaving my wife and I moved in with my girlfriend. Now I'm dying of cancer. Oh, how I wish I had taken another road. Dear, dear ones, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll hold you longer than you want to stay and it'll always make you pay. Let me share with you a takeaway. God's plan for you and me leads us to the cross of Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Let me read this to you from the New Living Translation. 
It says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. In other words, you had this virus called sin. And this virus called sin had not yet been dealt with by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. In other words, Jesus on the cross paid the price for all of our sins. Again, that doesn't mean that everyone is saved or that everyone goes to heaven because whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We've got to come to the Lord. We've got to humble our hearts and say, Jesus, I need you. Verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I want you to know that Jesus literally took captivity captive. That's what the King James Version says. He took captivity captive. He crushed the devil. You know, it says over in Genesis 3.15, and this God spoke this prophetically after Adam and Eve had sinned. He says, I'm going to put enmity, I'm going to put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and between hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Dear ones, Jesus and the name of Jesus crushes the head of the devil. Now, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul wrote these words. He says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about this with me. Jesus never once told us that we're just so supposed to celebrate his birth, although we do, it's called Christmas. He never once told us in the Bible that we're to celebrate his resurrection, although we do, and it's called Easter. But he did tell us, he says, I want you to celebrate my death. In fact, when he implemented the instituted the very first Lord's Supper, the very first communion, he says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Now, Paul says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why does he say that? Why does he say, I'm just going to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ? I believe because it was on the cross, that's where the price was paid. That's where Jesus tasted death for everybody. That's where our sins were dealt with. That's where Jesus cried out and said, it is finished. And so the cross of, of Christ is God's first and last word on salvation. You know, evangelist Billy Graham, when he was a young man, was preaching in Dallas, Texas. And Billy preached his heart out and uh, gave the invitation and no one came forward to get saved. And dejectedly, he walked off the platform, and one of his mentors put his arm around and said, Billy, you preached a good message. There's only one problem. You didn't preach about the cross. And Billy Graham, as an evangelist, went back to his hotel room. He prayed and he cried that night. He says, God, with your help, I'll never preach another message unless I preach about the cross of Christ and do you know Billy Graham did that very thing? And it's no, not coincidence that Billy Graham brought more people to Christ, more people came to Christ under Billy's ministry than under any other human that we know of. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The story is told about a college student who took a test and his professor gave him a zero on the test. And the college student went to see the professor. He says, I don't deserve a zero. And the professor smiled and he says, you know, I agree. But zero is the lowest mark that I can give you. Dear ones, I want to suggest that God puts a great big zero by the wisdom of man that makes man think that we can live our lives without the Lord Jesus Christ and without his cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. You know, as Jesus hung on the cross, as he paid the price for you and me, the Bible says that the sun refused to shine. The Bible says that darkness came over all the earth and Jesus said these words. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I just want to suggest to you that at that moment in time, God the Father turned away from watching Christ the Son become sin in the flesh because at that moment, the righteous wrath of God that had been stored up against sin for all eternity, the righteous wrath of God. See, I deserve hell. I deserve eternity separated from God because of my sins. But see, every sin that's ever been committed was placed on Jesus that day. Every sin was placed upon him and he literally became our propitiation the apostle Paul wrote about that day and he says God made him who knew no sin to be sin in the flesh that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ and you see our second takeaway is this God not only wants to bring us every one of us to the cross he wants to take us to the cross so that through the cross we might experience Pentecost because the cross is just the beginning. You see, God not only wants us to go to heaven, but while we're on this earth, he wants us to have some heaven to go to heaven in. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. When I was 17 years of age, somebody invited me to hear David Wilkerson. He was preaching at First Baptist Church over on College Avenue right here in Tallahassee. David Wilkerson, the founder of Teen Challenge, who wrote the Cross and Switchblade book, David Wilkerson was speaking. And that night as he preached, I came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I needed to get my heart right with God. Little did I know is that I was going to go forward and give my heart to Christ. And then Billy, uh, excuse me, David Wilkerson was going to take us downstairs and he was going to pray for us. And when he laid hands on me, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I began to speak in a brand new tongue. And, you know, Jesus said, I didn't know this scripture, but Jesus said, out of your belly out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water and oh the holy spirit came to, to to be in me in a whole new way somebody asked me the other day is there a difference between being filled with the spirit and being baptized with the spirit i would say this the baptism of the holy spirit is a once in a lifetime thing we get baptized in the holy spirit but there are many fillings of the holy ghost and you know i'm not so sure i could live a christian life apart from the holy spirit because he wants to do exceedingly 
exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. He wants to do infinitely more. I've asked Pastor Zach to join me up here. And Zach, tell us the story. How did you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, Pastor. I uh, remember December 1999. I uh, had been going back and forth to a church, uh, a similar God church. Uh, my mom had encouraged me to go. And, you know, I was 13 years old, so I was at a point in my life where I'm, you know, trying to find meaning, trying to find understanding, and I'm. And I just give thanks to God that there was a persistent youth pastor whose parsonage was right behind our house. And he invited, he invited my brother and I and my sister to church continually. And so I would go um, and I would hear the message. I'd be a part of the youth group. But the one thing that I noticed is that there was so much joy in that place and they had something that I didn't have and I wanted to know what it was. Um, and they shared with me that it was the relationship with Jesus that I could have a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, so I remember, I remember the date very clear still to this day, December the 22nd, 1999. I made a decision right there in my bedroom in Weewa Hitchcock, Florida, and I gave my life to Jesus, uh, and I haven't looked back since. Wow. Yeah. Zach, something, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but before you came to work with us, five and a half, almost six years ago now, before you came to work with us, I was doing reference checks for you. And I called Pastor Joey Smith because I knew he pastored in Weewahitchika. And he knew something about your upbringing and your background. And Joey told me, Pastor Joey said, Zach Barnes is one of the young men that was not afraid to take a stand for Jesus Christ in high school. He was a well-known uh, student. He played football. Everybody knew Zach. And he made a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell me about that. You know, yes, sir. I, I would, and I attribute that because they told me, because I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal, similar God church, never really knew. And someone shared with me about the power of the Holy Spirit and how it would empower you to be a witness. You know, and I remember reading that six months later after salvation, I got filled with the Holy Spirit on a Sunday night service there in Weewall. And, you know, it, that baptism in the Holy Spirit, what it did for me was it helped me be, the, be a witness, but it helped me be others focused. It helped me. I knew I had to take a stand, and it, it empowered me. It, 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 um, uh, the Holy Spirit just came upon me, and I was just had a deeper hunger for His Word to be to be planted in a church somewhere like my home church. I grew up there, and and um, and it just it propelled me forward to eventually the call of ministry that I felt on my life uh, wow. uh, later on in my teenage wow. years. Exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Amen. Yeah. So what would you say, Zach, to somebody who may be on the fence? They may, well, I'm not so sure this, this Jesus stuff is for me. What would you say to them? I would say that if you are finding your place today and you're searching and you're looking for answers or you, you've had all these questions rolling, I, I would say that Jesus is that answer. And that I had those same questions and, and I struggled with that for, for that time. But when I, when I gave my life to the Lord that day, I, I, I can't say that all the answers were fulfilled, but there was something that I was genuinely missing that that void was now complete when Jesus filled my heart. And, and I would say it's a, it's, it was the best decision of my life. I've never looked back and regret it. And I believe that if that's where you are today, just ask. Just simply and humbly ask him to come and be the Lord of your life. It'll change your life. And it'll be, it'll be the best decision that you've ever made. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Zach. Yes, sir. Thank you. you know, this time we're going to go to the table of the Lord. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper. So I hope you've got some juice. I hope you've got some bread handy. Um, 
I want you to take it. And the reason we're doing this, especially during this time that we can't meet together, is because there's healing in the blood of Jesus. There's healing by the, by the body of our Lord. And we want to speak healing and wholeness to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. So if you just take the bread for just a minute, take the bread and hold it, hold it in your hand. Jesus says, this bread is my body. And we know that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, in other words, the cost for our peace was placed upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And I speak healing and wholeness to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I tell headaches to be gone in Jesus' name. I tell neck aches and muscular problems to be gone in the name of the Lord. I just sense somebody, you, you, you've not been sleeping well and you've kind of twisted your spine and your shoulders up I just speak complete healing and wholeness to you there's somebody with heart issues today I speak healing to your cardiovascular system there's 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 multiple people suffering with cancer I rebuke cancer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I rebuke this COVID-19 in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray an answer for our world. I pray for our economy. I pray for you. I pray for jobs and better jobs. And I pray for, for, for checks in the mail. I pray for rebates and for income and, and good income tax returns. And I just speak that God's supplying every need by his grace, which is the delivery system for his promises. Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you for taking our place on the cross. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And after after they ate the bread, Jesus took the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. The cup of the new covenant. The new covenant, not an old covenant, but a new covenant. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. We look forward to the day that we can all come back here and worship together. I speak the blessings of heaven in your life. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.